0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Temptation victory against the Atlanta Steam, I might say. Um, Welcome to the uh, the Blitz right here on Blog Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com alongside Nkeeshi Free and Troy Wilson. Uh, Pretty good weekend of football. We are anticipating the national championship weekend in the uh, Women's Football Alliance and the Independent Women's Football League. And today we, on the No Joke Football Huddle, we're going to have Neil Rosenthal within the hour here, about uh, 10 Eastern. With Callie Brunson coming off of practice for the DC Divas. And in about 15 minutes here, we are going to have Coach Tui of the LA Temptation kind of recapping the amazing game there that happened LA versus the Atlanta Steam, uh, the 33 26 victory. Um, so, um, Kishi,
2: Troy, how's it going today?
3: Hey, what's going on, everybody?
2: Hey, guys, how's it going?
0: So
1: uh, you guys, uh, pretty good weekend coming up here. We got the previews coming up. We got Neil, Callie, and then we're gonna have Coach Chui here in a couple minutes. And so, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on, and also NFL offseason. So before we dive into the huddle, let's get into some NFL's hot topics that we were able, not able to discuss last week and the week before. So started, and then we got the whole, uh, the whole hour and a half almost of. A lot of exciting football talk that we're going to be doing, too, in the women's game as well as uh, legends, and then obviously um, championship weekends can going to be huge.
3: We are absolutely excited. Man, I tell you, I don't know who wants to start first, but I just and promise this is no political talk today. However, I do have to laugh at the fact that somebody who shall go unnamed was waving a Pittsburgh terrible towel at the GOP convention in Cleveland. Who waved the terrible <laughs> towel in Cleveland?
2: I know. I know. Mr. Mr. Speaker of the House. A lot of to Mr. Speaker of the
3: House. Mr. Speaker of the House. How do you wave yeah. the terrible towel? That is just like football crime 101. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. I saw it, I was like what <laughs> but oh politics this year has been so out of bounds, it's not even funny anymore. It's just no not you even surprising anymore. Just, I know, but you know what? This is this is this is just crazy year, that's all I have to say. It's a crazy year for a lot of stuff. You gotta scratch your head at things also a lot.
3: Yeah, we do. And then Tom Brady finally we're done with the Deflategate gate. Deflate
1: gate is flat. I think that was not surprising, uh, given, you know, that I think he just decided, hey, it wasn't even worth the time and money. Troy had talked about it before about how you take your punishment and move on. It's just not worth going through the court just you know, for a deflated football. I can see if you were wrongly, you know, accused of something on the field that you feel that you felt that uh, obviously you could justify, or you know, go into that. But for that type of action, I mean, that's just that's kind of a waste of money on
2: court and all that. Not to mention, let's let's just be honest, okay? It's a travesty. It's a, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. Just think about that. I mean, for for just you're you're being fined four games for a fine that that everyone knows that you can see plain as day that the fine for it is actually twenty five thousand dollars. How did you just arbitrarily come up with? now let's go ahead and suspend him for four games. Let's go ahead and charge the franchise a million dollars. Um, you know, two draft picks, one of them a first-round pick. You just arbitrarily do that? I mean, there's a reason why people don't like Roger Goodell, and this is one of the main reasons. You can't just make up rules as you go along. You, you, you're arbitrarily throwing rules out there. For no, and this is why no one respects him. But to, to Roger Goodell's credit, And also to the owners, he's making them a lot of money. But on the flip side, you have to have the players take part of the blame in this is because they allowed this deal to go down, where he can have this kind of say, where he can make this kind of ruling, and he can do it, you know, you can challenge him for it, but eventually he'll win out. All he had to do was just, you know, um, it was a war of attrition. Like, who's going to give up first, you know? So – I I can't stand the way that this came out. I do agree that Tom Brady, you know, I'm glad he's just gonna take his four game lumps and just move on with life. But man, this this doesn't sit well with me at all. It almost seems like that what they what the NFL wants to do is to number one punish the Patriots for their winning, but then you also come back and say a lot of people have accused them in the past of doing some unsavory things, whether it be true or not. But this isn't—you you can't make a ruling off of things that happened in the past as a make call, all right? This—you you just can't do that. Sorry, I had to go ahead and throw my rant out there, Roger Goodell. You suck. That's all I wanted to say, guys.
3: I'm sure Erica is in agreement with you
2: somewhere. Erica, I know you are. I—you I, and I haven't haven't discussed this yet, but I'm on your team on this. Free Tom Brady. Yeah, Come on, guys. Yeah, we missed two. Erica's rant.
1: We're gonna we're gonna miss uh, that aspect of it. How about Von Miller getting big dough, holding off again, big dough.
2: You know, um, the, the money in the NFL, and actually throughout sports all over, is it, really crazy. It's just it's, it's insane. But I love it. I love it. I, I think that as much money as the, the owners make, I think it should trickle down more so to the players. They're the ones that's doing the work on the field. And I love to see that, man. I mean, listen, I know, you know, Von Miller was, wasn't was voted in the top 10 of the um, NFL players. I, I don't know how, I mean, especially, you know, with the postseason that he had, he commanded that, those kind of dollars. I mean, that guy set the market. So, Congratulations to him because that guy definitely earned every penny of it. If you see that guy coming off the line, you ask Tom Brady how vicious this kid is. I mean, I don't think Tom Brady has been hit that many times in a game in seven, eight years. I mean, Tom Brady was hit 20 times in that NF, in the AFC Championship game. So, just I mean, honestly, that alone would have said to me, yeah, this guy definitely earned the money. So, congratulations to Bob Miller. Definitely earned it, brother.
1: Yeah, speculation was he was going to hold out, but uh, that wasn't the case, and it worked out for him, I guess.
2: Yeah, a little bit of hardball, a little bit of hardball from John Elway. I mean, you kind of expect that. But it was funny because listening to how the negotiations were going, John Elway being the ultimate competitor that he is, he was actually like, listen, I'm not going to lose this negotiation. You're going to go up my number. And then Von Miller being the competitor he is. Listen, I'm not going to play at that number. cat and mouse game, at the end of it, everybody hugs and smiles. That's the way it should be. Keep business as business. The other side of it, you know, the, the personal side of it, put that aside as well. So it's great to see those guys get it done. I wish my team would have gotten Kirk Cousins done, but Kirk Cousins, being what? the smart guy that he is, being the smart guy that he is, realized that the money that Andrew Luck got, the money that that guy got, it what was a $98 guarantee. Wow. I mean it's a quarter big number dollars. It's a huge number. Can you imagine how many Big Macs you can get for that stuff? Oh <laughs> Hey, how many how many razors would, would, would Andrew look by steak.
3: with that money? <laughs> no, we're not eating Big Macs. We're, we're 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 eating steak, bud. We're we're definitely eating steak. Cause I don't even eat so maybe I'll have maybe I'm finally making it to that lobster bake up in Maine that I've been trying to get to for the past five years. <laughs>
2: It just
0: it's just sick. Mon- sick
1: out. How this much money gets thrown around. But I understand, is, like is you it? said, Troy, their their window of opportunity is so is so small that they have to they have to try to accumulate as much as possible. It's not like any other sport. So it's it's, it's, it's you know I guess you have to you have to do what you have to do.
2: Well, you know, the that's fun
3: part of the them- problem too, though, because they're the one sport where they have the least guaranteed money whereas the other sports have the guaranteed money. But if you have the guaranteed money, you can also offer smaller contracts. You don't, you know, you don't have to offer these big contracts and then, you know, it's it's really just kind of skewed and backwards, especially because I think football, out of all the sports, is one of the hardest on the body.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, without question. No, well agreed. Without question. But the, I guess the problem with football, as opposed to all the other sports, is that football has the smallest calendar year. They have the smallest calendar year, and they also have the biggest roster. So you can afford to pay, you know, a, mid, a mid-level a mid player in the NBA, and this guy is making $10 million a year. And most people look at those numbers and go, like, you, you lost your mind. Are you, are you serious? Like, Miles Plumlee is really getting this kind of money. And then – but at the same time they're only you only have to pay twelve guys on that roster and their salary cap I believe is somewhat comparable to what you have in the NFL. But they also play eighty two games. So NFL is sixteen games, you got fifty two players, but the stadiums are much bigger, you can charge a lot more ticket prices and the T V deals are completely out of this world. Major league baseball's caught up with that as well as the NBA. I think the NHL is starting to come along with it as well, so you're going to see that like all throughout the four major sports, where money is just going to keep going up and up and up as long as TV revenue is what it is. And that's the key: it's sustainability.
1: If what as long as they can sustain it, obviously that's a piece of the pie that everybody wants. Yeah, but that's the basics
3: of economics: so sustainability. And here's the problem. And I was listening to Mike and Mike and. You know, um, Greeny said, "At what point, you know, do you out-sustain the product? Um, you know, you, 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 at what point do you know do you max out? Because not just in terms of the financial component, you know, but also on the other side of it. I was talking with a lady uh, this past weekend, and we were talking about how she was on the wait list for the skin for to be a season ticket holder." for 15 years, first of all, my mouth dropped because I can't picture waiting, waiting for 15 years to be a season ticket holder, which means you've waited 15 years to be guaranteed maybe what, eight games? You waited 15 years for eight Game? That's Team
1: Pride. Keishi. that's Team Pride. Talk to a Packers fan. That's Team
0: Pride.
3: Yeah, I,
0: yeah. They'll deliver they'll and
1: die for the team.
3: Yeah, but here's the thing. She said after one year, she gave it up because she said from the nosebleeds to the cheap quality food to the overpriced drinks, and um, she said by the time she finally got the ticket, she developed a medical condition that required her to go to the bathroom a lot So she said, I can sit in the comfort of my home with my surround sound and my TV screen that takes up a whole wall and go to the bathroom when I want. I need food that I like, and I know that it tastes good.
1: I think she took convenience over chaos and uh, bathroom runs. That's how I summarize
3: that. how many other fans are having that same thought, though?
2: Well, well, I will say a this. lot. I will say this. I mean, there so are a
3: lot. Of them. Do you remember when we all went to the Redskins Cowboys game? We were in the nosebleeds, and it was so cold that day. I don't know if you remember this. I spilled hot chocolate because I don't drink beer. I spilled hot chocolate on my hand, and the only reason why I knew was because my gloves were wet. I couldn't even feel it. My hands were that cold.
2: Yeah, um, well, there there, are definitely pros and cons to going to the game as opposed to watching the game at the comforts of your own home. I think one of the biggest things for me is going to the games is I can be as loud as I want. <laughs> Just to me, like, I like to, like, get involved in the game. I like to yell. I like, And then at the same time, like, if you're watching it from home, you watch one view of it, okay? You've got that view okay. from the sideline. And it's up above. So you can basically see the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, the running back, the quarterback. But what you can't see are the defensive backs. And then once the wide receivers run their routes, you can barely see them. So you have to wait until the TV pans over. I'm one of those football geeks where I like to sit in the end zone because I like to see how they line up. And I say, okay, they're in cover three. So if he's in cover three, then blah, blah, you know, so that's, I'm one of those geeks that like to do that. So I, I love going to the game, and not to mention I get a chance to smoke a cigar. I get a chance to hang out with my buddies and, as you said, drink a little bit of beer. I get to yell. I get to be a completely crazy fan, whereas I'm, I'm at home. I have a family. You know, you can't can't make too many noises. You you might scare the kids a little bit. So, you know, for me, going to the game is paramount.
3: I mean, I like, now here's what I like. What I like about going to the games is the ambiance and the atmosphere. You know, I love the camaraderie for the most part until then we get to some of those crazy people, and then you're like, dude, you've had way too many, and you're, you know, messing up the floor. Yeah. Go Eagle, Eagle fans. Fan. Uh, Eagle fan. Eagle fans. Yeah. Uh. See, I didn't say a word. You said that. But, I mean, I love the of course camaraderie. Is. I love the atmosphere, and I love – you're right. I love those things, that those intangibles. But I think that at some point – we still have to get some of these owners to come back down in terms of making this fan friendly because while the big corporations might drop the big dollars they're not emotionally invested in your team and therefore that is going to impact you know your product because we already, you don't have both you know what we teams. already
1: we already know the average fan is is not the average the guy the people that go there I mean, look at the empty seats in regular games during Major League Baseball season. So, you know, there's just, you know, the average fan isn't going. They're probably viewing it online and all that stuff. Um, Troy, take us into the huddle. We're going to go into the huddle now to um, get started here. And then we got championship uh, weekend to talk about at the top of the hour. So let's go into the huddle.
2: Sorry, guys. Just pull them on up.
0: So we're
1: going to go I'm into the huddle. Um, no problem. Uh, we'll go into the huddle right now. Uh, before we go out, we, we want to give a, sh- a big shout-out to everyone who has purchased the No Joke Football Chalk Line Tee from our Zazzle shop. Uh, this week, uh, you can save up to 20% off. Reminder, also, please post a pic, share on Twitter, Instagram, and with hashtag No Joke Football. Uh, we're almost close to six, 16,000 fans on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook this week. So I want to give a shout-out to all our followers and everybody that is a die-hard women's Great Iron fan. Uh, really appreciate you guys following us. You can get the chalkline tees at our Zazzle.com site at Zazzle.com for slash Great Iron Breedies, and you can help us support our awareness project. Um, so let's go into the huddle with the L.A. Temptation coach, Coach Tui Sanoa. Let's go in here. Coach, are you on?
4: What's going on, guys?
1: coach uh welcome to the huddle uh, you're on with N'Kishi free and troy wilson um you know inspiration we talked about it last week me and troy broke it down the game before the, uh, the um the youtube you know broadcast and um we we, we totally d- uh, were digging your your um your pregame speech uh last weekend it was very inspirational uh you basically laid it out you know we're not we're, we're, our playoff fate isn't decided here tonight it's a win that we have to do and showcase our that the west is stronger so what was your mindset in there it looked like that's what your message was but coming into the game you obviously had an idea that obviously your playoff fate wasn't going to be dictated by yourselves right
4: yeah we just wanted to go in there and focus on just winning the game and not trying to worry about the Point differential, which kind of changes the game a little bit and changes our whole offense when we have to go no huddle. So the one thing I wanted the girls to do is just focus on winning and just winning uh, the game. And then we'll worry about the
2: playoffs after that. Coach, uh, this Troy here. Hey, Coach, um, I, I have to say this, man. You, you, you've been coaching your ass off this season. I, I, I'm really impressed by the way you guys prepare and you have your team ready. How easy has it made it for you to have a leader on your team like Mo Gax?
4: Oh, Mo Gax, she's the most experienced person on our team. She's been there seven years. She played longer than anyone in the LFL, and uh, we're lucky to still have her going. You know, But, uh, you know, to have her on the field is like having another coach out there where my eyes can't see everything, but she is, and she can see some of the stuff that I need to get done. So having her on our squad is, you know, it's a big plus. And it, it's been that way since I met her
2: back in 2009 and brought her onto the team. So we're, we're very lucky to have her. Yeah, because Oscar and I were talking about that at nauseum as, as far as, like, the leadership. And uh-huh. I, I knew, you know, going out the stretch, uh, we both were saying that, you know, we would need someone like Mo Gax to, to be at the helm I wanted to talk to you also about Jane Caldwell, and Nas Johnson. So just watching Jane Caldwell, I mean, she's, like, progressed so well this season, but at the same time, you got such a great arm quarterback in Nas Johnson. And it seems like, you know, you're kind of itching to use that weapon. Has that attributed to how you've been using her this season?
4: Yeah, well, we gave Jane the shot to play uh, start at quarterback because she just seemed more mature. She seemed more uh intelligent at the position i mean she was she's a very smart girl, athletic, and when we saw all that put together at practice, we were like, "You know what? we got something special here and they she felt like she was being uh not utilized at her athletic ability when she was in Atlanta. They weren't using her to the best of her ability, and so she came to l a and we gave her that shot to prove it, and she's been doing it ever since she she came on to practice.
2: So we're very happy to have Jane
4: there, and she had a great game against Atlanta. She had really something to prove to everyone, and she went out there and she did it.
2: Now, how how tough is it, man? I mean, just watching you guys, uh, you guys really are coming to Galley right now, but to have the record that you guys have and still maybe on the outside looking in, um, I, t- tell me, like, how is that going into the psyche of your team? You know, it, it hurts because of how hard we've been playing. And we know we're the top
4: team right now because we have one of the best records and we're just finally coming into our own towards the end of the season. I mean, we they're all close games, but we knew the rules at the beginning of the season that, you know, the point differential was going to happen somehow. We were just hoping that we weren't going to get caught in it. And we did. So we can't blame anybody but ourselves. The whole team knows that. And uh, you know, we just got to hope for the best, but you know, every year, the playoff, the as many teams that come into this league, sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's six, sometimes it's ten. Sometimes you got to change the rules or change the playoff scenario, you know, to fit however many teams are in there. And this year was one of those times where, you know, I mean, I accept it. I accept the fact that we have to wait and see our fate, but it's also one of those things where you can change the rules to where it's like a round robin, where the best four teams should be in the playoffs, the ones that are out there putting it out there. So, you know, it sucks that we have to wait and see what our fate is this weekend, but we were hoping that the league will change their mind and change the scenario of the playoffs and put the four best teams in there, but it doesn't look like it's going to go that way.
3: Now, Coach, this is MC. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. Now, I have a quick question for you. Now, enjoy talking X's and O's, but for those people who, you know, still are kind of weary of the LSL and, you know, the outfits and the bodies and things like that. Let's talk about it from a different perspective to give the audience a chance to get to know the players, and, you know, so they can start maybe into the individuals. Who would you say is your team's number one rival? Uh, my
4: team is the number one
3: what? Well, who, which team in the LFL would you say is your number one rival? Like for like, I don't know if you heard before, but you know, Troy's a diehard Skins fan. I'm diehard Cowboys, so you know we know we have those rivalries, and it gives us a bond and something that we can talk about and build that connection to and that attachment. Tell us something uh, about your team. So who's your, yeah. what is wh- your biggest rival in the LFL?
4: Our biggest rivalry will always be the same one we've battled with every year, and that's Seattle it comes down to the literally the last play of the game to see who's going to win that game. And it's been like that since 2009 when we came into the league together, and it, it hasn't stopped. It's been a close game with Seattle every year. So that's the kind of rivalry we like and we, we want, and it's been big. It's been huge, especially in Shea- Seattle. Now, when you guys play so each other because
3: we have... – Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: After. Go ahead. Go
3: ahead, Kishi. Well, what I was going to ask him was, you know, when you're saying it, it comes down to the, you know, the point differential. One of the concerns that we've talked about with the LFL and the IWFL have to do with the fact that the games are so skewed. Do you find in the LFL that there's the huge point differential and that the scores are skewed? And your um, as well? Not too much,
4: really, and 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 that's it. I don't, I don't think it's really that bad, but uh, we don't look at it too much in that. In that way I think it's pretty much Yeah you know what I think it's pretty much Similar
3: So you find that You guys I think the, the teams the aspect... even Matched in, You know With providing Quality product I mean Nobody wants to see A lopsided game Where the score Is like 50 to 70 So I mean So are you finding In the LFL That the competition Is more on par And that the teams Are more, you know, are actually going to be able To put a quality product On the game I mean on the field there it is
4: it is when we have those teams stay in the league, but you know, when you have teams that can't market themselves, we lose, we tend to lose those teams. But it's all it's all a matter of those coaches that the, the league hires. They got to hire the right guys to come in there to make these ladies perform the way, you know, the comp- competition needs to be stiff with both with everyone, you know. You don't want yeah, exactly. You don't want those lopsided games. So it's all about bringing in the right people to teach these uh, players how to be competitive, you know, so that we have Close games, like that because I mean that's what we do. We've had close games all year this year, and that's what's making the league big. They want to see those kind of games. And then when you get like seventy-seven to zero blowouts, no one wants to see that, and it doesn't look good for your for your league either. So, uh, this year has been, you know, just those new, those teams out there in the East, Omaha, and all the new teams that have been coming in are the ones that have been having these little problems. But I think that's all down to coaching. But uh, once they find the the right coaches out there to they get these players stuff, I think we're going to be
3: fine.
4: Awesome. Thank you. Hey. So, Co-
1: Coach Tui, uh, this year you had uh, literally uh, the, at the helm yourself, and then you brought in offens- the offensive coordinator to help you out. Uh, so it, against Atlanta, we pretty much saw your, uh, the benefit of having the offensive coordinator as well, where you're focusing more on the defense and the offensive coordinator. So with, Jane, uh, with uh, Jane's play, with the play calling plus uh Naz uh Naz Johnson's uh you know elusiveness um uh, you didn't really use your wide receivers that much in that game was was that something that you guys came in with with the game plan at this point
4: well we wanted to test them up front and see how their line was you know we wanted to keep our running game solid once we got that developed, then we could open up the passing game. But it seemed like our running game was working just fine, and we didn't want to take away from the momentum that we had going into that. So we were like, you know what, just stick with it. And if we get that shot to where, you know, they do stop us here and there, then we're going to open up the air, the air show. And, uh, you know, it just, it just happens. Sometimes in the game, one, one works better than the other, and you don't want to ruin that momentum. So we stuck with the running game the way it was.
1: Were you concerned at any point during the half? Before the half, it was pretty much neck and neck, and then all of a sudden you started to, you know, the whole game was pretty much neck and neck. But towards the fourth quarter there, you, you guys kind of took a little bit of control defensively. So were you concerned at any point that you were going to end up maybe on the uh, losing end of things
4: here? <laughs> I was concerned the minute the game started. It's always a closed game when you have great teams like Atlanta and Chicago and you're facing those guys out there because those are the best teams out there. So you've got to assume there's going to be, you know, a good game somewhere along the line. And, you you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But we just opened up in the second half with that touchdown. And, you know, that will carry on to the team. And everybody was happy. And then they just kept going. And, you know, we did fall behind around the fourth quarter where Atlanta was up a touchdown over us. And then we just drove it right back down their throat and scored again. And then we just got we got lucky at the end. Dakota threw up that. That uh, hail mary, and we caught it and ran it back in for a touchdown. So, yeah, I was pretty concerned around the fourth quarter that we might be losing that game.
1: Now, coach, on that speech you had on the uh, with the girls before that play, you had you literally pointed to uh, Delaney Hall and you said, "Keep an eye out for, for for pretty much that exact play." So, you pretty much saw something in, in Dakota uh, Dakota Hughes with the pressure you guys were putting on. You probably probably assumed they were going to air it out pretty long, right? So they're in desperate you know, mode at that point.
4: Well, what nobody noticed is what Delaney was playing safety the entire game. And then in the fourth quarter, I switched her to corner and put Ogham Chichindu back there. So Delaney was playing corner in that fourth quarter the whole time and when she intercepted that ball. And what I was telling her to do was if there's no threat in her zone playing corner, drop back and help deeper. So, you know, because we knew they were going to go down and Dakota's got a great arm and she can throw deep, and they have some great receivers out there, so I didn't want to get caught. I said, let, let everything short go. We'll catch them short, but I don't want to get caught deep. So I just told her, no threat, drop deep, we'll go into cover three because we'll, we were already in cover two. And it'll, it'll look like a cover three. if She drops back, and she did, and it worked.
1: Now, how happy was she when you talked to her afterwards? Pretty elated, huh?
4: Well, uh, She was, you know – The lady has been struggling ever since last year, and she's been struggling again this year when she got burnt like twice against Dallas. So she hasn't really developed a a sense of, you know, confidence yet. And then she got burnt again in the third quarter, or was it second? Second or third quarter she got burnt again by uh, Ziegler, like twice. So she wasn't really confident, but I did. I still had confidence in her, and I was just trying to motivate her as much as I could and tell her that, hey, just stay to it, stay focused. She did. And she, she came up huge for us in that, in, that, in that game at the end. So, you know, as long as a player doesn't tank in the game and just stays focused and keeps her confidence going, we're going to be just fine. And, she, you know, she, she made us proud at the end of
3: that game.
1: Now, uh, we got some feedback for the game. A lot of big hits above to the, uh, to the head area by your players, Granston and uh, Chichindu, uh, kind of uh, normal for them but a lot of fans were saying is that something that needs to be called more often at this point or is that I mean is is it allowable because it it wasn't called and you figure if it wasn't going to be called it you know it has to be called both sides but what's your feeling on that I mean is that something that needs to be addressed at this point because I mean given the fact that she has she does tackle low in certain instances but she has a tendency to go high so what's your what's your gut feeling on that
4: I mean, we we, we practice form, perfect form tackling I practice all the time, but when the game comes, suddenly it changes into their own way of tackling, and
2: the league allows it,
4: and, you know, there's so many things that we could change in this league as far as, you know, form tackling or certain rules and stuff that are going on, but the league allows so much to go on, and, and you know, I don't know if it's great for TV or fans love that kind of stuff, but that's why they allow it to keep going, so... You know, it's it's dangerous to me. You know, we've been playing football our whole life, and we know exactly what perfect good tackling is, safe tackling, and but this league is totally different, and it allows so much more. You know, because of the fans, love that kind of stuff. So it's dangerous, but like I said, we don't promote that or teach that at practice. We teach basic form tackling and proper tackling, and it just changes every time the game comes.
1: So how do you address those players? I mean, is it something you talk afterwards? Because that that can also cost a penalty, right? I mean, even though it's not being called, at some point it could cost you some sort of a drive or, or yards, right?
4: It would if I was concerned about them calling it, but they haven't called it in all the years that I've been here. So I wasn't going to say that they were going to call it in that game, and I don't really think about that when they, when they go out there. But it, maybe it should be addressed as far as, you know, safety is concerned. But right now, it's not being until we sit down as a whole or a committee and go over it and c- come down with the certain rules that we need and let the referees know what the rules are, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be concerned then. But right now, I wasn't concerned about how they were tackling in the game because I knew they weren't going to call it. Right. So, uh, Coach Tui, at, at Omaha
1: has basically, <laughs> Omaha has to beat Dallas, and me and Troy were laughing last week because... Your former quarterback, Michelle Angel, has been playing lights-out football this year, and uh, I don't see Dallas losing to Omaha, and that's the only way your team gets in, but stranger things have happened.
4: <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't make any anything better for us knowing that Omaha is going to have a player coach coaching that game since all their coaches were fired. So, I mean, it doesn't make it...
3: And coach, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask how was that going to impact the, the the situation with Omaha having fired their coaching?
4: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's ridiculous. It's absurd to even have someone with that. She doesn't barely have experience playing the game, and then you're going to have her coach her team. She has no experience coaching. Period. I mean, these ladies are just coming into the this, this league, barely knowing how to do anything in this league. You know, more or less coach an entire football team and schemes and put it out there, and you're going to put that in the hands. I mean, there's safety issues that are involved, too, with this. And then for the league to allow that, you know, it's just ridiculous. But that's the way it is, you know, and there's nothing really we can do about it. But, uh, you know, I just feel bad for Omaha that they have to go through this kind of a situation. I feel you bad fate, for us. Uh, Coach Tua, you I, fate? Our fate in my hands. I feel bad for. I feel bad for us, too, because our fate is in their hands sure so you you guys faced uh, dallas
1: the first time around and and troy ended ended up analyzing uh victoria thomas and you had some big players on on dallas in terms of big bodies so um i just that's why we don't we don't think uh they're gonna have a prayer (laughs) coming
4: into the game i hate to be laughing about it but just the way it seems to be at this point yeah, I'm pretty much already preparing for next year because <laughs> I don't see Omaha pulling this one off at all. Awesome. Troy, you got anything else for Coach?
2: No, I think i have exhausted all the questions. Uh, but, man, I just – again, I just want to reiterate what I said before, man. So with the way you you, you brought this team along and, and after watching that Dallas game, man, I was just so impressed. As a matter of fact, uh, in my opinion, you guys are the most impressive team that I've seen this year, just by the sheer talent and the sheer skill and, and execution that you guys play with. I'm not just saying that because you're on the phone, but I've been saying that <laughs> all, all year long. I promise you, man, I'm definitely impressed with that L.A. team, man. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate those words. It means a lot. Absolutely.
4: And, uh, hey. Troy, I will have to add, this
1: is the this is the gentleman that has three rings as well, so <laughs> very credible
2: coach. Absolutely. Well, you know what, Oscar? Is right
3: there. You know what, Oscar? I'm so glad that you said that because, again, you know, we take for granted, you know, as we're having these conversations that everybody knows what we're talking about. So, Coach, I'm going to ask, again, some of the fan questions. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background for those who don't know? And, you know, how did you get involved with coaching in the LFL and where were you before the LFL?
4: I was coaching high school football and college football before I joined the LFL. A buddy of mine named David Biza was the original head coach back in 2009, and he found me when I stopped coaching men's football and asked me if I could help him out because I was busy with doing my kids and their sports. And then I said, you know what, I have some time, yeah, I'll come out there and help him." I had no clue it was this kind of football until I stepped on the field. And then from then on, me and him just clicked, and we went on to win those championships. But as far as my background is concerned, I played uh, high school football, won city championships for Los Angeles City Championships at Carson High School, and I went on to El Camino College where I won a national championship. I started at outside linebacker, and then I went on to University of Hawaii, and then I got picked up by the Raiders uh, a camp in 97, and then I got cut two weeks after because I busted my knee, got sent home and tried to come back in arena football, but my knee was not stable, and I just couldn't play anymore, and that's how I ended up in arena uh, with the LFL, and I started coaching guys football, and then the LFL found me.
3: Now, what do you think, outside of the uniforms, are some of the major differences in um, in terms of their athletics? Now, we know there's some physical differences between men and women, but in terms of, you know, the ability to play the game, and, you know, what are some of the differences as well as what are the similarities. And, for example, with women's basketball, you're not going to see some of the awesome, crazy plays and a lot of the slam dunks, but what you will see is some good, hardcore, fundamental basketball. So, um, you know, what kind of, again, differences and similarities do you see having coached both men and women?
4: Pretty much, you know, like you just said, it's the, it's the same, fundamental fundamentals big and if you got to teach these women the fundamentals and basics of the game and once you get that down you'll see the athletes who are better than others excel past the fundamentals and become even greater athletes just like they do in the men's league too but when we first started these the women's were you know they were just learning the game trying to figure it out and you know and then all of a sudden the athletes just got bigger and better every year that were coming out and you could see the difference in play so this game has to be played just like the men in order for it to be accepted, you know, because nobody's going to want to watch a bunch of people running around the field who know, don't know what they're doing. But right now these girls are pretty damn close to, to the level, you know, expected and acceptable that people want to see this game played at. And that's what's the difference right now is these women are picking up the sport quickly, fast, especially the, the, the athlete, the athletic ones. And it's just even getting better for the game. And you're going to see the, the great hits, uh, you know, the the great pass plays, the one-arm catches, those are soon to come, the more these ladies keep playing this game. And it's only getting better from here.
3: I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, again, we've talked about this before, for those who don't watch the game and don't watch the sport because all they see is women running around half naked or in their – for what looks like bikinis, if that's all you do is see how they look, you know, just based on a picture – but you don't actually take the time to watch a game, you're missing out because these ladies hit hard. I don't know what you were teaching them, but these ladies played light-out football. They hit hard, they they hit fast, everything that you said. These ladies have some speed and agility, and in some cases they have a speed and agility that the men don't have because they're smaller, because they're lighter, and they are coming at you fast and furious they're flying all around the field, and after a while, you're so busy watching them play, and you're watching football, you forget what they're not wearing.
4: Exactly. I mean, you got to come to a game to really accept this, uh, this, this football the way it is. I mean, it doesn't change anything. if you, Once you get past the uniforms, you'll see that football is still football and it's still played the same way, and that's what we hope to achieve here, and I think we're doing pretty good at it, and I hope more people come and see that it's not just about the uniforms, that it is about the athletic ability and the play of these girls who are, who are keeping this league alive right now.
1: Well, Coach, uh, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I only hope it was in better circumstances with Omaha being a better team and putting up a fight against Dallas. That would have been nice to see. But um, at this point, like you said in your, uh, your pregame, it was just a matter of winning in Atlanta. And, you know, we all knew it. Uh, Me and Troy talked about it last week. Uh, It was kind of a clash of west, uh, east and west. And we've said it here on, you know, every week since we started the the season. Uh, It really is a credit to the coaches on the west side because this is where the true talent is. Even the acoustic, uh, the last game against you guys, even they put up a good, you know, a good matchup. So I think the west team's, really are the ones that elevate the the brand so well, not to take away from Chicago and Atlanta, but for the most part, uh, the, the tougher competition obviously is out west. You agree with that, right?
4: Being that I'm in the west, yes, I totally agree with you. Mom, <laughs> 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 well,
1: you know what, I have to give you credit because there's a lot of players in each team uh, on on the west side that have migrated to other teams and they were obviously from Los Angeles. You know, uh Katie Finley, you got Michelle Angel. Uh everybody's kind of branched out in that sense. So, it's got to it's you got to be proud. Uh, they're coming out of the Temptation Foundation as you want to call it and and now they're migrating to other to other teams. So, it's got to give you a credit, you know, good satisfaction for you as a coach as well and the coaching staff in in Los Angeles that uh, some of these players are blossoming in other teams.
4: It's crazy, and you know, it's only going to help the league and those teams and those cities even more by having those kind of athletes go out there and, and help develop those teams as well. And I, you know, it's, I'm glad that they came from us, and I'm proud of those girls that came and were with us at the time. And uh, I can only wish them the best when they go out there and, and, and hope that they succeed and what they're looking for. And you know, I have nothing ill to say about any of those players. I have nothing but good things and respect for all of them. So I, I wish them all well. I'm glad that they're doing doing well.
1: So coach Stewart, thank you again. I uh, wish you luck uh, this weekend uh, or next weekend. It's the 30th, I think, because uh they canceled they canceled the New England uh the New England game against the Steam, so it's going to be uh, Omaha I think taking on um Dallas July 30th. And that's going to be at the at Ralston Arena, so um for your season, like you said, it's in off-season mode now. So I guess you're you're looking towards that now. Is there any information, anybody wants to, uh, you know, go to the camps and stuff, is that going to be on the uh, official website as well or on the Facebook uh, Los Angeles temptation, temptation site?
4: Yeah, we'll be putting it on the Temptation site as soon as the uh, we figure out our season's over. We'll be letting everybody know when our off-season program starts for everybody to come out and prepare for tryouts, and which is what I usually hold every year. I usually have that two months ahead of when we have tryouts for the girls to come out there and learn what it is that we're teaching, and to to better them off at tryouts, so they you know they'll have a jump ahead of the, the competition. Yeah, so we'll be putting that up on the LA Temptation site, as well as I'll be promoting it on my page as well.
1: All right, Coach Stewart, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Continue success, uh, great season. Unfortunately, um, no playoff at this point, but stranger things have happened, so we shouldn't say that because it could happen. You know, miracles do happen. So. But uh at this point we're three you're three and one out of the playoffs as it stands right now. Uh so uh I guess we're looking forward to two thousand seventeen.
4: Thank you guys for uh, allowing me to come on your show. It was great. I appreciate everything you guys do and the support you have.
0: Thank, you, thank awesome. you, Coach Tui.
4: Appreciate it. Safe travels out there. Have well, a thank you guys. Coach. Take, take care guys.
1: So there you go, Troy. I finally got a hold of uh, Coach Tui this past weekend, and a uh, stand-up guy uh, is able to come on and make some time today off his busy schedule. And we really, I really wanted to talk to him this weekend because we had talked about the game so, so, so much last weekend. I was like, we need to get him on just to give us a perspective on it. So it was great that he came on.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, again, dude, dude, just watching the way they executed, I mean, that's the way they played against a, a, a very, very talented Dallas team, And they came out with the victory. There's a lot of times when they went up against a team that was that may even have have a slight advantage on them, and they ended up showing up. And I just think that's that's, that absolutely attributes to the, the value of coaching and also leadership. So they got they had the perfect storm over there. It's just a damn shame that they possibly won't be able to make the playoffs. Unless there's some kind of miracle in Omaha sprouts, you know the next female Jerry Rice, it would be awesome. But you know, doesn't look like it right now. So as Coach Tilly says, man, he may be planning for next season right now. I don't even think it's gonna happen because they can't even get the the ball out of the huddle half the time. That's yeah. not gonna be as well for them. Oh man, <laughs> I still can't get that. I still can't get that game out of my memory. I just, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Troy,
0: like
1: I, I will have to say you that Guinness. you you, you <laughs> did say that New England would not. You did say New England was probably not going to show up this weekend, and they actually canceled. So that was yeah, a, yeah. it was good prediction on your part. <laughs> it would have been the same. It would have been the same result, I think. It would have been a, a massacre no matter what. This way is a little easier. You, you,
0: right. Atlanta doesn't have to up, travel. Have no to be, them.
2: Right. They they said they wouldn't show up. I didn't know they would literally not show up. Like <laughs> so, uh, sorry doing. I, I was never. Remember, I was. I, I think I jinxed them because I was using the the
1: hashtag beatdown tour for the last couple yeah. of days, and there you go. <laughs> now see what you guys started. But you know what so, though? No,
3: no, no, see you all. You yeah, you all jinxed it. You you did it. <laughs> You know what, though, so I do like give I'll give, I'll give
1: Troy, you. I'm going
3: to give Troy the credit. Oh, we're going to give, oh, okay. So, you know what, Troy, that's my question for you. So, since you've been on with the show, and this is, you know, you're coming on almost your first full year, and I know, you know, like I said, outside of that initial conversation, with, you know, that we've had in the past about um, the LFL. What do you think is probably the biggest thing you have learned, or what? How have you, how has your mind changed, or your eyes been opened, since you've been on the show and you know with, witnessing ladies' football?
2: Oh, without question, it's the skill set of the ladies. Um, and, and I'll admit, I, I came in with an expectation that it would be um, uh, less of a football game. You wouldn't see athletes out there. You would kind of just see, um, you know people you know, catching the ball and running the ball, I didn't realize what kind of a skill set that these ladies are actually bringing to the table where you literally, and I, I've said this ad nauseum, I'll say it again, when you watch it enough, you forget that you're watching ladies. And that's how you know you're watching a very good product. That's how you know you're watching football. Because when you can, transf- when you can transfix yourself away from saying, hey, these are ladies playing football too, I'm watching a football game. That's when you know you you're watching a quality product, so when I watch you know the l f l the i w f l um the w f a when I watch all of these ladies you know playing the football game it, it just it watching it and and seeing the the execution and the technique and you know they're playing with fundamentals. And I think that was the biggest thing that I did not expect. I didn't expect to see fundamental football. And and to to an extent, you you see some things that are not so fundamental when you watch certain teams. But at the upper echelon teams, the teams that are winning the most, what you see is execution, what you see are fundamentals, and you see absolute just just, great football play out there. And that's what the sport needs
3: to grow. Exactly, and that's what we're and that's where it, and that's where it has to grow. But that's the other thing I think that's also different is that when you're watching men play, ninety percent of the time you're talking about people who have played a sport since they were at least fifteen years old. Because we know some guys don't start playing, you know, until they're in high school, and some don't even start till their junior year. But we're talking about people who are literally coming in at the age of 21 and 22 and 25 in some cases playing a sport for the first time and look at the learning curve and how fast they have to pick up this game and how well most of them are able to translate that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you do. You you see that and that that's the other part of it is the athleticism. I mean, so, you know, you watch how, different sports that the ladies were accustomed to and how they translated into, you know, the football game. Like you hear a lot of the backgrounds that come from soccer. Uh, you have some from track and field. I mean, with soccer, the first thing most people think of when you're transferring from soccer to another sport is you're, you're talking about footwork. Um, when you hear track and field, of course, the first thing you think of is burst. You Think about just straight line speed. All of those things play a part into being a football player, but then to actually see them, uh, you know, uh, uh, work on the other things. Uh, there may be some footwork, but then there's also lowering the pad level when you or or um, uh, squaring your shoulders to the line of scrimmage when you're running the football. And you see that from a lot of the running backs. I mean, they they lower their shoulders the right way. Um, you know, they they plant and go the right way. And another big thing that I haven't brought up, and I wanted to go ahead and touch on, is that you rarely see these ladies catch with their arms. You almost see all of them catch with their hands. That's impressive enough. When I was in high school, it was so hard to get, like the guys that I played with, and, and, you know, to to catch with their hands. I mean, these ladies that come out there, and it looks just as natural. I mean, you can't even tell the difference between Uh, And say, like with Chris Carter, you're watching these guys just catch with their hands. and it just looks that natural.
1: The level of play is going to be the key right there with with the players, and the coaching makes it more important because, like Coach Two was saying, in any program, the stability of the coaching staff really, you know, enhances the product. I mean, you're talking like Utah in the playoffs, in the championship games this weekend. Minnesota, as Laura Brown and um, uh, had alluded before about her coaching staff, and then you go into you know the divas with their coaching staff taking care of that, and then the elite. So really, the the pedigree there is if you have a stable coaching staff, um, a lot of the players are going to elevate their game, and that's going to be it's going to show up on uh, for a better product.
3: But yeah, I completely that, agree. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think that also begs to. You know, even what Troy and Coach Chewy had both said was the fact of trying to, you know, he said, whoa, you just said I was coming out to help you coach football. He didn't He didn't even know he was coming to coach ladies. You know what I'm saying? And and until ha- so having these expectations. But when the coach is invested in coaching, you know, it really makes a difference. You know, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you guys ever saw a League of Their Own, where Tom Hanks' character could have cared less about anything. You know, he was just, I'm here, I'm showing up, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once he realized that he actually had athletes, he changed his approach to his players, which then also in turn changed their approach or enhanced what they were already doing in terms of the quality. And and I think you're right that it has to start from the top down in terms of what we see on the field. And that's probably why Omaha's in the situation that they're in right now.
1: Yeah, you got two different situations there. Uh Omaha completely uh we talked about it, Troy talked about it, uh, you know, the coach having a heart attack after the tirade with the chair. So I, I don't know if that was deserving, but the end result is it was deserving. He went to the hospital. And then the other side is uh the uh Liberty basically has a coach and a coaching staff. But unfortunately, uh, some of the players walked out on them and only left a roster of ten, and a normal roster is 21. So there's just no way. And some of those players were obviously banged up from the last game. So you're pretty much putting the players in jeopardy in terms of more injury. So I think the decision there was the right move. Not to, you know, you can't play with 10 people for, quarter, or for four quarters against Atlanta. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, it's just oh, not good for, not for the brand either So, And so I think they made the decision. It's the right call. I mean, you can, you can say, well, they shouldn't cancel it, but they can't reschedule it because they already have a firm dates for everything else. So that creates another issue. They're moving everything up and they're not, you know, the NFL where you can just, you know, throw money at something and move it around. Uh, they're just not in that situation right now. So, um, I want to give a shout yeah, out I- before we go forward with anything else. Um, Brooke Lidsby uh, was at the USA Football camp, the developmental camp. So if you guys were following us on Facebook all week, I want to give her a shout out. Um, she did a pretty good job. Kind of, you know, jitters, but she's working towards it. And so congratulations to her to being on the team. She was named team, she was named team captain for the white team, on Coach Blalock's team. And then uh, this week, if you haven't seen it on our Facebook page, PowerAid, courtesy of Bleacher Report showcases the talented Sam Gordon. Um, she's uh, actually putting out the uh, – there's a, a nice video showcasing the fact that, uh, you know, she's another another person that's going to elevate this game. You started with, you know, pioneers before her in different sports, and now she's uh, – you know, the video is well done. So it portrays her as she's growing to a point where she's going to try to do the benefit to the sport and try to bring it to a light. So check out the the Bleacher Report via PowerAid video on our uh, Facebook page. So, uh, you know, congratulations to both of those girls. They're making headways. And uh, Brooke, primarily, uh, she was at USA Camp all week. We covered that. Uh, Her her dad, Larry, uh, was giving us access and all-access coverage. So uh, thank you, Larry, for doing a great job. So the other games that were on internationally, before we get going with uh, K- uh, Kelly and Neil, internationally there was two friendly matches, so we'll talk about those right now. Uh, in Mexico, we had a friendship match, a uh, friendship bowl. The matchup was the um, Stars from the Ladies Football Monterey uh, taking on the Lexva uh, branch, and uh, they won the Ladies Football Monterey All-Stars 147-41. Uh, beating the Lexfa All-Stars that was in Mexico and then uh, the Diamond Series in Bafa Woman in Europe in England Uh, the uh, Southern Blaze uh, won the two matches there was two series matches and they won both matches and they defeated the Northern Blizzard so congratulations to all the girls out there in terms of that and then congratulations to one team out of Italy who won the uh, championship last weekend so awesome job there, and the Orebrol on Black Knights over in Sweden—they um, also won the championship. So congratulations to all those teams for doing a great job.
2: Yeah, awesome job to the ladies out there. Um, heck of a season for them. Sport is
1: growing, so that's really good interest. Um, the Italian team—I can tell you right now—that was that's been a progression. And now they're being supported by the uh, the Italian Federation as uh, the national team. It was their first game against international competition, which they went up against Team Spain, who also played in the 2015 on, um, IFAB World Championships. Um, so they played in in, the, in those games. Um, so it's kind of nice to have the fact that the, the team is going to be fielded. And they're looking towards 2017, just like the Australian team is. So a lot of interest internationally to field a national team to compete at an international tournament. So that's it's such an exciting time.
2: Yeah, anytime now, you can get you get a chance to see the sport grow. I mean, this is I mean that that's exactly what we want. That's exactly what everyone needs is to to be able to showcase the talent that we have in ladies football. So, how it so is, while
3: how we're is, waiting how for uh, go ahead look. Now, I was thinking, you know, so, which is wonderful. We're so excited to see, you know, the, uh, the international game grow. But I'm wondering, you know, what, what kind of setup would that be? Would they, set up, would they set up something sort of like how FIFA has, you know, the, has the uh, World Cup game? I mean, could you visualize, like, a World Cup of women's football? How awesome would that be?
1: Well, we don't have a World Cup, but we do have uh, the International Federation of American Football, which is based in France, and that's the international umbrella. So that would be like your Olympic, your Olympic you know, sport uh, organizational body, and they do international uh, events. So they do the uh, IFAB World Championship almost every three to four years. It was in 2010 and then 2013, and now it's going to be in 2017. So the teams um, have come and gone. Some of them have come and gone. Aust- uh, Austria was the first one there. But the staple teams continue to be there. You know, the U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland, Germany, um, and all those. But a lot of interest in the European scene to try to field the team because it's getting, it's growing so popular uh, that uh, other countries want to participate. So I know the French team, uh, the French league is starting to kick off this year. We'll probably not field the team until, you know, a couple years from now. But uh, the Italian team, they decided um, – the federation, the men's squad federation in the international scene. I think what I had mentioned it before to to you guys in the international scene, it's more about equality. Uh, not so much here in the States, but you know, out in the international scene, it's equality. So men's clubs have a tendency to support and encourage junior clubs and women's clubs. And so they fall under the same name umbrella as the men's club. And so the, the uh, organ, uh, governing bodies uh, demand that. It's not an option. So it's kind of like Title IX, but at an extreme level where it's equality no matter what. So in that, in that plus, it's a benefit for them, too, because they get supported uh, you know, by the men's club. So there's no options there. And so the national team is fielded by the main governing body, so it allows them, obviously, a team – and so there there's no disparity just kind of, when you have USA fo- you have USA soccer and the U.S. men's and women's debate that you have here now where, you know, the women are playing on not so great fields and the men's are playing on the big top stages Some, uh, in the international scene. Normally you don't have that problem. The stadiums are basically on the same foot level with the juniors and women's and the men's clubs. So that I think is a bonus there.
3: But you I guys think still there? That, No, 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 can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I think that that speaks to a level of um progression that I still find interesting that the United States is where football, you know, more or less originated, yet our women's game has not progressed as far as the international game. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I think it's really about dollars and cents. And I think internationally, what happens is the governing bodies take into account that they have a men's club, as an example. They want to build the sport and interest within within the men's club. So they have a junior club. A junior club is like you know uh, high school kids or lower lower than high school kids uh, groupings, you know midgets and all that stuff. And so when they take on a program where they feel like the women's club can benefit the men's club. They, they treat the women's club as a benefit, not as something that they have to add on to the program. They treat it more like, okay, we have to add that program. You know what I mean? It's more like decisive because it's another element for them to grow their sport and to grow the club. So individually, you know, the uh, the clubs themselves, you know, obviously the governing body forces that on them, but for the most part, it's a benefit to the club anyways. So the more diversity in terms of, gathering more people to play the sport, which would be women and juniors at a lower level, it sort of, it sort of shows them um, you know, that they're all uh, combined and they're united uh, to grow the sport forward. And I think that's where you're missing here. Like, that's why I said it here in the States, a little bit more of a puzzle because if it was, if it was similar to uh, what the international game does, that means the NCAA would be basically taking on women's football as an option in college. You know what I mean? they would basically no, have a, exa- every team would have a women's team.
3: No, exactly. And that's what I was saying. You know, one of the reasons why I'm so impressed with the women's game is because of the fact that you're really and truly dealing with women who are picking up the sport for the first time and often at an advanced age. Whereas for example, you know, and I spoke about it on this show, I know, mean, I'm a multi-sport athlete, but I started with soccer and then I went, You know, and I did soccer for like six years. And in the last year and a half of soccer, I picked up basketball, which I did for three years, you know. And then I had cheerleading for four years, and somewhere in there was track, you know. So um, the reality of, you know, we underestimate how difficult it is to pick up a physical sport at an advanced age. You know, yes, being an athlete is helpful, but think about how many women who are playing the game who probably have never played a sport in their life, and then they're still trying to put quality product on the field without the benefit of having done this since they were five, like a lot of the n f l players so that it does make a huge difference,
1: yeah, and so that's that's the key there, you know, and so we have you know in the birth of football. We have a lot of intangibles in this, in this country in terms of governing bodies actually backing up the sport, where internationally uh, it's kind of customary to have a men's club, take on a women's club, and then have, help it blossom. So that's, that's a bonus there internationally. Um, let's see if we can bring on Neil. And I don't know if Neil and Callie are going to be on the same line, but let's go into the second No Joke football. We're going to be talking WFA and IWFL championship previews. This coming weekend, you have the Utah Falcons taking on the Minnesota Vixen in the IWFL Championship. And then in the WFA Championship, you have the DC Divas rematch versus the Dallas Elite. So, uh, Neil, are you on? Oh, Callie, awesome. I didn't know if uh, Neil was coming on with you or not, but I'm pretty sure he'll be on in a bit. So, Callie, uh, you just got off for practice. Thanks for making the time.
5: Absolutely, no problem. Anything for you guys. We love you guys. What's up, girlfriend? How you What's doing? Done? How are How are you?
3: Man, I need to get I need to get back out there. I was trying to I was trying to hope that I could get out there for your last game. Cause um, gotta get back out there with my girls. I can't believe I am supporting a DC football team. Good,
5: you're doing, And you're, you're doing a great
3: You're doing a great
5: job of it too. You're doing a great job.
1: It's not, let's let's just not make sure that this doesn't go out to Jenkins because Jenkins is probably listening right now. That's not good. In yeah, right,
3: right. And right. look, you all know I bleed blue and silver, so this struggle hustle is real right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it'll be real when you see uh, Odessa. <laughs> it'll be much real. Oh, yeah. Real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um,
3: Oh, yeah, I
1: know. She'll uh, be like, uh, well, when are you coming back to Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Callie, um, are you hyped? This is it. You, you come back from injury, you're back in the lineup. Uh, it's a rematch. It's week two type of uh, matchup, but with more, uh, this is for the hardware. So uh, how buzzed and excited are you guys this week?
5: It's a it's a great feeling. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about how it felt this time last year, and and you know, my entire career with the Eagles, we've been so close, and then we took it to another level last year, and it was just a surreal feeling. And then to be back here again, um, you know, about to make history, basically, um, is is huge for us. And um, you know, we 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 lost to Dallas in the in the beginning of the season, and um, you know, and, and and Dallas talks about redemp- redemption from last season. It's also kind of a redemption for us. And about it is knowing, and I I know Odessa would agree, uh, you know, Odessa is a great friend of mine and a great competitor. This game is so great for the sport. And I think that's what gets us so hyped, too, to know that a matchup like this, again, both teams have gotten better since the matchup last year. Um, It's so good for our sport, and it's going to be incredible. And then ESPN3 covering it, I mean, it it doesn't stop getting better for us at this point.
2: Hey, Callie, um, I'm not going to put you on. Go ahead, Troy. I hey, I uh, had a couple. I had a question for you. Um, so, as you alluded to earlier, you guys beat Dallas last year in the championship. Dallas came back beat you guys in the beginning. The way that you guys have put that loss behind you and have weathered the storm, you've taken everyone's biggest shot this year, and you guys have survived them all. I mean, just watching what you guys did up in Boston and and how you guys have carried yourself this entire season. What is it like at this point to know that you've gone through this much adversity and you get a chance to see Dallas one more time? How does it feel for you guys? Where are you guys' heads right now?
5: You know, uh, especially leaving practice right here, there's just a laser focus. Um, you know, you hit it on the head. We we had a huge gut check in the beginning of the season, and, you know, um, it was it was tough. You know, going into the second half, you know, being up by two scores, and, and even, you know, as far as I remember, being ahead going into the fourth quarter, um, you know, it, it, it's a huge gut check for us. Um, and you know, then then taking it, you know, to the next level, um, and and having to go up to Boston the next week and 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 kind of figure out what it is we're going to do with ourselves, and um, it created this laser focus, and it's carried into every game, and it was just a you know, we can't lose anymore. We can't afford to, and we just can't, we just can't do it. Uh, and that's kind of been the mentality ever since, and it grows every week, and it grows after every big win. Um, you know, going into Boston, that was an incredible game up there. Uh, as you guys know, super close, came down to the last second on, a, on an unbelievable catch by, by, by Trina, and, um, you know, it grew then. You know, the beast inside of us grew again, and the confidence in what we were doing grew again. Um, and then, you know, you go to Chicago, and then you go, you know, you, you play Boston again, and, and it just kept growing for us, and that's kind of where we're at now. And it's a good, it's a good beast inside of us, not an overconfident one. It's uh, we're about to face a great team, but we're a great team, and we're confident in the fact that if we bring our A game, you know, we're, you know, if we if we play our game, we're going to be a tough team to beat. So, um, and, and that's just that's where our mentality and our heads at right now, and uh, you know, we're just going to go. And we're we're going to bring our game. Oscar. And, Keisha, you got anything, Kelly?
3: No, I am actually just sitting back and waiting for some amazing football. Because, honestly, I am actually so hyped for this game that I'm a little bit salivating just because, like you said, this is so historic. It's back-to-back, two amazing teams. I, You know, I've watched them both go head-to-head. Um, I've watched both teams fight all season, and all I'm just trying to figure out is how can I watch this game because I don't want to miss it.
5: Absolutely, you know
3: I think that's the thing that too, you know, um,
5: you know any true competitor in a situation is gonna is gonna be confident, not cocky, but confident, and say, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna win this game. We're ready. We're prepared. And and that's 100% how I feel. But I think taking it to another level is understanding that when you play the best you know, it it brings you to that level. And that's the kind of team we are. And I think you have two different teams in those situations when you face a team that's going to give you a lot of adversity. I think it's one of the reasons that I love football so much is because no matter how great you are as an individual, no matter how great you are as a team, there's going to be adversity in every game. Um, And you have to find a way to overcome. And I think there's going to be a lot of adversity on both sides of the equation. And we're going to give them a ton of adversity. They're going to give us a ton of adversity. And it's just going to be two 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 champion attitudes um, going at it. Such an exceptional part about this matchup. And just a lot of passion on both sides, on both sidelines. And, um, you know, it, it's, going to, it's going to be a throwdown, that's for sure.
2: Hey, Callie, you haven't experienced in the championship level before. What are you telling your younger Chargers? Because I know you guys have a pretty good contingent of young players that you brought in this year. How are you guys getting those getting those, those ladies mentally prepared for this game?
5: Well, I think it comes down to two things. Take advantage of every single time you get to step on the field. Make an impact. Every single chance you get on the field in between the lines, you know, make an impact. Whatever your job is, do it and do it 110%. And if you do that, you know, things, good things are going to happen. And also, when things don't go your way, you got to shake it off. You got to have a short-term memory. Um, anybody who's, who's played football or even any competitive sport for long enough, can contest to the fact that the best competitors have a short-term memory. You know, you can be the best of the best. You're still gonna make mistakes, but it's about what you do um, after that. In this game, that's so important because there is no next game for anybody. So, you know, you gotta fix your mistakes. You gotta fix them quick, and you gotta let go of the mistakes um, because you're, you're probably gonna have another chance. And it's important that you that you do what you gotta do. And um, that's something that you know even took me a couple years to learn. Uh, when I started playing football and I played competitive sports my whole life, but like I said, football is one of those sports that's constantly giving you adversity and constantly, you know, somebody across the line is ready to compete with you every single play. And especially in a matchup like this, nobody's going to take a playoff. Um, so so you've got to be ready to roll. And if you make mistakes, you got to be ready to, to, to pick yourself up off the ground and go back and, and compete. has been a huge emphasis uh, from the vets to the younger players. Um, and even some of the players who, who have, you know, moved to the DC area, you know, and, 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 been a part of other teams before that haven't really been at this caliber, you know, it's about, listen, this is a real deal. And somebody's ready to punch you in the face. You got to be ready to punch it back, um, and, and, and not, you know, not get too caught up in the lows.
2: So, uh, I, I, and on, on that same thread, I have a mentality question you, because I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I was a little bit of a petty person <laughs> when I played sports. So right. even as a child, if somebody kicked me in the head or they stepped on my foot or you know they they took my big wheel, I I I, I never forgot until yep. we got it right again. So right. I know in, in some respects you hear uh, different types of mentality. They say, "Hey, let's put that last game behind us." Well, it, it has to be some that that animal instinct part of you that says yeah. this team beat us the last time we saw this. It has to be that kind of, you know, Absolutely. you, you got to want to return that favor, you know. So oh, do, yeah. you, do you harness that or do you kind of put that to the side?
5: It's, I think it's a good mixture of both. I think that we made a lot of mistakes as a team uh, in that first game. And, you know, we have to wear that ourselves a little bit without a doubt and I'm and and when I say that I'm not taking anything away from the exceptional performance that Dallas had when they came to DC first game of the season. You know, they really put the gas on in weather that they're not accustomed to. Um because it's very cold and um, you know, they're not accustomed to that weather either. And they came and they put the gas on and you know, so so when I say we made a lot of mistakes and we gotta wear that I'm not taking away from them at all. I'm just saying, you know, any team is going to evaluate themselves. Um and, and we took that to heart really well too because, you know, um you know, we, we 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 we're licking our chops about that as well. But I think you're absolutely right. I think a big portion of it is being able to shake it off. But then say, Yeah, they came down to D C in front of our fans and 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 they, they punched us in the mouth and um you know, there has to be that sense of pride. That and you know, we worked really hard last season and, and brought home the trophy with an undefeated season, that meant a lot to us. And now somebody's trying to come and take it from us and we've worked just as hard since that game, since that opening game. Um, to regain that that mentality, and 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 it's gonna take a lot to take that from us, uh, and that's the mentality. That's absolutely right. You know what? We're gonna be punching you back just as hard as you punch us. It's not harder. Um, and and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a ball game. So yeah, I agree. I think you have to have a perfect mixture. You have to shake off the things that you do, uh, but then say, yeah, you got me, but you wait and see what I got. What I got in my pocket for you next. I
2: can see who's ready already. Callie, you sound like you're already ready to go. you always going to huh? I I I couldn't be in Pittsburgh any sooner. I
5: couldn't be in Pittsburgh
3: any sooner, that's for sure. Troy, you you weren't up in the booth with Callie. She was itching to get on the field when I was up there doing the interview with her. She she couldn't even hardly sit in the chair. She was like, man, I need to be on the field. The, y'all should know. See, y'all didn't get the. See, I was up there. Y'all missed out. That's why i was laughing. Y'all didn't see yeah. Callie. i was like, she was like, man, she was like, hitting on the thing. I need mean, my team, needs me. Man, I got to get down there. Man, this sucks. I can't wait till the I mean, she just was raring to go. So well, y'all don't understand, Callie wants. Oh. It's like a fat kid wants cake. I get. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I, that, I that,
3: was, uh,
5: that, was, that was that was very tough. Better that be was chocolate tough for me yeah right yeah there you go, there you go. yeah that was that was that was very tough that was very tough for me to, to be trapped in the trapped in the booth uh for that one um, and yeah I think that's kind of um lit a little bit of of a fire inside of me too as well. I didn't get a chance to swing the first uh, first game of the season, so i you know i got I'm, I'm hoping to have a little extra swing in me like
3: right, seeing so the other ladies is bad enough that they want the revenge, but it was worse. You, like I said, you guys were up there, but it was worse for Callie to be sitting there watching it. And that's it, those were her words. She's like, Man, Keisha, you don't understand. I feel so helpless right now. I can't be down there. My team needs me. And that's all Callie kept saying. But can I just say that that is just endeared me and earned so much respect because that's a true teammate. That right there Absolutely. is the heart not only of a champion, but a true teammate. And that shows the kind of bond. That you all have together, and that that fight and stick to itiveness, and that's what I think is what propelled you all to be able to get back to the championship. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Kelly,
1: you got Erica Bobo, uh, you got Odessa Jenkins to worry about, Tiffany Hill, and then ultimately uh, their quarterback Jessica Gerthart. So, can you tell us a little bit about the strategy going in? I mean. Just on the run game alone, it's a really good threat. And then you then you add the receiver core onto it. So,
5: absolutely. You know they have a phenomenal group over there, as well as you know Odessa alone, her football IQ. And then you add the rest of them in. You know they're well coached. Um, you know on top of Odessa's knowledge. So yeah, yeah, I mean you're facing an intellectual and very athletic crew. Um, you know, but but football football is 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 very very mental very uh, strategic, uh, but it's also just as much execution. Um, and, you know, we, we have been not just mulling over what they do, but more so mulling over what we do. Um, you know, sometimes you, you don't want to get too caught up in what somebody else does because then you're reacting as opposed to being uh, the one who is actually instilling what's happening. Um, so we've really been icing down, making sure that we're focused on what we need to do. Um, in preparation for, of course, what they do. So, um, yeah, and, you know, they're a great team. They're going to make plays happen. You're going to see plays on both sides of the ball from both teams. That's what's so great about a game like this. You know, it's going to, you know, a lot like last year. Big plays, good plays. Um, you know, it, it's it's going it, to it's going to happen. And. Um, You know, so so our strategy is just making sure that that we're doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, You know, I I don't know if you you guys have heard, but I'm not at all a Patriots fan. I just want to put that out there. But one thing I do respect about Bill Belichick is, um, you know, aside from taking air out of football, sorry to any Patriots fans, he does drill into them that, you know, you have to do your job no matter what, and uh, that's kind of been a focus of us, too, is not to get too caught up in who's who, what's what, but do your job and do it well, and once you do that, good things are going to happen. So, you know, I I think that I'm really confident in the fact that, you know, if we stay disciplined, play physical football and execute our assignments, you know, we're going to be able to keep keep things at bay and put our offense and our defense in the right position uh, on changes of possession and special teams as well.
1: Now, for the fans, Callie, uh, we need to dive into your team right now. Um, that's the reason I brought up the elite. But for you guys, it's, you know, uh, you've got uh, uh, Allie Hamlin, obviously, you know, the uh, awesome quarterback. And then you also yep. have Wisnett, um, and then you have uh, Gridsby. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your offensive threats this weekend.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, Kenyatta grigsby they call her the Iron Horse because that's just what she is. I mean, she's a phenomenal running back, um, and she's extremely physical, and she's so smart. Uh, I don't think in my time, and I, I say this even in the men's game, I've ever seen a back with such great downfield, uh, downfield vision. You know, she's never even really worried about the person who is trying to make – um, uh, an attack on her, in her, her. She's never really worried about her immediate threat. She's already focused on the next level, um, and that's just, you know, that's phenomenal. It's something that you can't really even coach. I feel like it's just a, it's just an instinct. That's what makes her very special. Uh, when you talk about Ashley Wiznot, I mean, just an incredible athlete. What is it that she can't do? Uh, you know, if you watch her replays from these past years, you're just like, how does anybody make that catch? You know, it's like, uh, it's like playing, uh, playing Madden and there being a glitch. You're like, how did that just happen to me? Um, that's exactly how it is with her, and I mean Allie is so smart and so prepared, and she she reads in a uh, defense like I've never seen before too, and we all learn from her every practice, and that's not um, an exaggeration at all. You know she points things out to us every practice that helps us. Um, do a better job as receivers, uh, helps, uh, you know, Grigsby do a better job as a back, helps our O-line do a better job. Ultimately, she brings our player levels up because of her football IQ, her intensity, and her passion. And, I mean, when you put those things together, uh, you know, it's insane. And, um, you know, I'm I'm extremely fortunate to have grown into this system with them. Uh, I, I become a better player every single time I get to line up with them. And, um, and you know, I can only hope that I'm making them better, too, in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, and, and the bond between all of us, the bond between this offense and the bond between our defense is just unbelievable. Um, and, 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 and that's something that you can't coach either. It just kind of happens. And if you ask some of us last year after the championship, it took, you know, six years, seven years, you know, for that cohesion to happen again. And it, it's really incredible. And it's something that's really phenomenal to be a part of.
1: Yeah, and you and you got some playmakers. That's why I'm talking about cuz the fans are going to be able to see that uh yep. you know on uh, ESPN3 and that's the reason that we got to showcase some of the names because you know it's, it's to some people it's just going to be a football game but you know to really showcase yeah. some of the stars and it, and it, that's yeah, really that's gonna, you know what this
5: Yeah, you you're, you're going to see you know you're going to see great plays. So you know you got you got Kenyatta Grant to be at running back, uh 29, you got Ashley Witherspoon at uh, receiver, bouncing around all over the place. Number twelve, uh, Ali Hamlin. Number nineteen. You know, uh, I'll be in seventeen. We've got, you know, uh, Melissa Washington, who is, uh, you know, I think she's six seven. She's just, you know, a, a physical receiver, a great hands. Uh, Trina Wilson, eighty five. We call her Megatron. She's had a great season too, and it's just, you know, it's really. You know she's had a great full season, but it has like caught her stride even more in the past couple games, so she's on a momentum uh she's a tall physical uh fast receiver as well um you know and uh, uh pickett she's our fullback, but also you know does some time too uh carrying the ball number seven she's been uh playing for you know i think she's on you know year nine or ten and um you know she a few years ago was a half back only and um, talk about a great teammate, you know, when you play fullback, it's a lot like playing offensive line. You don't really get a lot of stats there. It's a very selfless position. Kima stepped into that role about three or four years ago and did it selflessly because she knew she was the right person for the job. And her and Kingeta have a great chemistry when it comes to blocks and, and Kenyatta following her blocks and, if you ask yet if she'd follow Kima to a fire, if she knew Kima was going to get her out alive, and that's exactly how they run together, and it's phenomenal. Um, you know, our offensive line is is you know is great. Obviously, Kingeta's will speak volumes about them too, um, and uh, you know, and it, it the list goes on from there. And I think that the great thing about our team, and um, you know, and one of the things that I think I love about us the most on offense and defense is you're not just hearing one name all the time. Um, you know, we distribute the ball a lot because we have hungry people who are ready to make plays consistently, and we've seen it a lot in some of these even bigger games when, you know, it was hot our last game against Boston, so we rotated a lot, especially in the wide receiver group, and everybody who came in was securing the ball and getting some yards after catch and just hungry, and that's so impressive to see. It's great for the sport to know that there's depth on a big team like this, and not just depth, but good depth and people you can rely on, so, you know, it's it's hard to pin down five, six, or seven people to even look at. I think you're going to be impressed with every single person that you get to see on the screen, and I think that's, you can say the same thing about Dallas as well, is, uh, you, you know, you're going to be impressed with what you're going to be, you're going to be wanting to meet multiple numbers.
1: Yeah, and on defense, uh, you guys have Watkins, Marshall, as well as Robinson and Henson, so they've, they've, Pretty much stood out this whole season, so um, so it's just you know it's it's going to be a great game and the matchup means more now. Just like we talked about, week two was you know your your home opener was one of the one of the things that you guys wanted to get off the you know the right track, like Troy says. But you've obviously endured to get here, so it's just a matter of now this is it. This is for all the marbles. So it's a you know it's revenge for them or it's something where you know hey we just came back from that week two loss, but it's it's for the hardware, so it's more meaningful now.
5: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
2: Troy, you got anything else? No, nope, I think that's, uh, you know, I've, I've asked all my questions. I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited that it's going to be on ESPN3. I'm just, uh, I'm definitely going to tune in and watch this game, especially after watching the first game. Uh, this season and, and watching the Revenge Factor. It's got my hometown D.C. Divas going in, and, and they're going into Pittsburgh against the Dallas Elite, the team that they beat last year, and then they lost too early this year. I mean, it's all it all pointed to this. I actually thought when I watched the two teams play is is watching all the fundamentals between, between both of us. Absolutely just I was ecstatic about watching a great football game. So I'm definitely going to be looking forward to watching this one as well
3: and i did ditto and totally echo exactly what Troy just said. I knew it was going to be, you know, and like I can say I've been watching the games, you know, but I've always been able, I've only been seeing recaps or, um, you know, watching them on YouTube. There is nothing like watching the game live. I really, oh, I really wish we were be we were gonna be able to go to Pittsburgh this weekend to watch you guys play
5: yeah i think I think it's definitely gonna it be, be. Uh, definitely gonna be a, a pretty amazing thing to watch and uh, you know, toy hit it on the head. I think the great thing about a matchup like this is uh you know the fundamentals of it, you know people who are football fans in general whether you're, you're somebody who's checking out women's football for the first time or whatever it may be. If you're a fan of football, you're going to be a fan of this game because, you know, two fundamentally sound teams going at it with a lot of talent and a lot of athleticism, it's going to be good football.
1: That's the exciting part about it is the fact that it's going to be televised. Kelly, um, I wanted to get your take. I know you were on the, on the women's boards. Uh, last week we witnessed such an amazing game between Minnesota and the Sharks. And it was one of the, you know, the highlighted games on, uh, you know, top 10, number two on SportsCenter for the top 10. So, I mean, that was just awesome, you know. And uh, so this is kind of like the uh, the next level. Everybody needs to live up to it. We've always talked about the regular seasons and up and down type of mode. But once it comes playoff times, uh, you know, you separate the girls from the women. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the playoffs, you got the big girls coming in and they showcase their talent. So this is where we're at, I think, in the sport. But the, the game between Minnesota and New York, the double overtime, um, that was just such an amazing game. And then the broadcast was so well done. The highlight reel, like we talked about last week, so NFL-like, that if you didn't re- even realize it was women playing football, you would have just thought it was like, you know, Canadian Football League or, or NFL football. So did you get a chance at all to see some of those highlights?
5: Yeah, it did. It was a phenomenal game, and, and uh, you know, you love to see that. And it's, you know, and, and I don't, the Sharks have been around for forever, and I've always been a competitive team. And uh, You know, we used to play them every season, at, you know, at least twice in the regular season, and then again in the playoffs in the beginning of my career, and then, you know, the league shift and all that. But it's good to see, uh, you know, they had a couple rebuilding years. It's good to see them back you know, doing it, and competing, and, um, you know, and Minnesota, I mean, a team who, a lot of these teams that are on the up and up, I just love seeing big things happening for them, uh, it's huge, it's huge for the sport, it's huge for people to know that it's more than just the same teams when you hear about women's football that you usually hear about, because it makes people, you know, I had people call me after they saw it on SportsCenter and say, "That's phenomenal that there's a a team in Minnesota and I like, you know, it's nationwide and it really is. And, um, and, 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 that, that really spreads it for us. Uh, you know, there's a couple big teams in the country that do a great job of making sure that their cities know their existence and, and maybe even beyond that. So to see other teams, you know, making highlight reels like that and then playing great football, I mean, it's good, it's a good ball game. And, uh, you know, it came down a wire like that and ended on a, on a crazy huge play. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's just good for the sport. It makes me happy as somebody who who is going to continue even when I'm done playing to want this sport to grow and to get bigger and to get better. Uh, to see something like that, and I think that it was a, a huge a huge deal for
3: all of us.
1: Now you get the you get the storyline there. Uh, it was pretty exciting storyline. Like with your game, it's not so much a storyline in a way because I guess you can. Jessica's probably I guess not a rookie, but for the most part, you know, going up against a legendary quarterback like Allie, but on the flip yeah. side, over in Minnesota, you had the you know rookie uh, Kirsten Anson taking on uh, Cal, right. um, uh, Mulligan. So that was just kind of like Karen Mulligan, veteran quarterback, taking on rookie. So that and then right. this rookie now is in the final. So you know the storylines right. just are just like so amazing this year.
5: Right. Absolutely. No, I I, I completely agree and. Um, You know, like I said, it's great for the growth of the sport, and it's storylines that, you know, they're different every year, and that's also important, too. The sport's going to grow like that. Things are going to get publicized like that. I mean, just the fact that it was on SportsCenter is just an impeccable, uh, you know, thing for the sport, no matter what teams are involved, but it's just nice uh, to see some other teams in the mix. You know, it's huge, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was was a phenomenal thing, and I know it put a smile on a lot of our faces, especially those of us who have been – you are working really really hard on the grassroots end to get the to get the word out.
1: Now, Callie, uh the flip side there is that's a great story, great ending. They get past the playoffs as we talked about last week, then they get the Juggernaut uh Utah Falcons. <laughs> right. It's sort of like right. uh the elite putting a coffin after halftime. Uh it's really the same kind of uh I mean the 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 wishful thinking fan would say can we have Dallas meet Utah, <laughs> technically, right. based on their scoring, on their sheet? Right. Uh, that, that's like right. a dream matchup in, in, in itself because of the way they, you know, their are high-powered offenses. But they're not on equal footing in a lot of senses because, like you said, when it gets down to playoff time, that's when the teams are a little bit more equal footing. Uh, during the regular Absolutely. season, the stats could be, could be a little bit, of, you know, off balance because – the fact that some of the teams are not uh, up to par at, in terms of fundamentals and then the level of play and the quality of play. So that kind of right. gets overlooked in that sense. But when it comes yes. down to playoff time, uh, this is going to be a big test for Minnesota because uh, – and also a big test, I think, for Utah because Utah used to, you know, lay, basically just laying out the, the gas pedal and then just taking over and, not, and nobody really contesting. I think Carson was the only team that really contested them somewhat this season. Uh, But, you know, Minnesota, you got to give them their D, their offensive is pretty decent. So, um, it's going to be a big test for not so much uh, Minnesota, but I think it's going to be a big test for Utah because they have, I don't think they've matched maybe a a veteran team like Minnesota with, who went toe to toe for two overtimes against New York. So, and New York had played so well this season over until the end and they just get, you know, they just a bad play. And there you go. Like the end result is you're on the uh, losing end of things. So, um, what's your Absolutely. thoughts? Utah? I mean, just they've proven they've proven the last two seasons. Last season they lost against Pittsburgh. And it was a very competitive game. And It was one of those teams that they had not faced all season. So, I mean, a lot of people are saying when they get to this level, if they end up losing, let's say to Minnesota this year, uh, they're going to have that you know Cincinnati Bull, Cincinnati Bengals bullseye where they can't they just can't win the big one or they can't pass the playoffs. Right. So, what's your feeling?
5: Well, you know, I think that a similar – like you said, a similar situation happened last year. I think it happened on both sidelines too. You know, Pittsburgh hadn't really been challenged that much. Um, You know, they they did get challenged a bit uh, with New York. But other than that, you know, a lot of people were saying Pittsburgh's a team, Pittsburgh's a team. It ended up being a better game than anybody anticipated uh, because I don't think either team um, had really faced anybody that was going to give them that. And they, you combine two different offenses, two different defenses, they ran things completely different, something that they, you know, hadn't faced before. I think, you know, Utah and Minnesota are in a similar situation, but Minnesota's coming off of a, uh, we fought tooth and nail. I think, you know, they're riding a bit of a high. They've also proved to themselves how much heart they have um, and and so forth. You know, I, I say Utah only in the sense that, I think they have a bad taste in their mouth, and I think you're right. I think that they are sitting there, can we finish? Um, A lot of people, especially in our position where you pay to play and you sacrifice so much time, um, you know, start to question their commitment after, you know, you go to the big show twice and you lose. I just don't think they're willing to be in that position. It's going to show us how much heart that team has. We've already seen how much heart Minnesota has. The question is how much heart does Utah have It will be a very, very interesting thing to see. Uh, If Minnesota can can channel that again, um, you know, for all four quarters again, and if Utah can channel how they felt walking off of that field last year with a loss, if they can channel that feeling and say, I don't want to do it again, um, you know, it will be very, very interesting to see.
1: So Pittsburgh is the site for the WFA Y Bowl, the inaugural Y Bowl, it is the 8-1 and one DC Divas taking on the undefeated Dallas Elite. Uh, Callie Branson of the DC Divas, happy to be joining us today. And so, Callie, uh, there's going to be a couple more games besides the, the finale. Pretty exciting. Tampa Tampa Inferno taking on the St. Louis Slam. Pretty historic team in terms of the Slam. The Inferno have pretty much owned Tier 2 all season long. And then the, uh, 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 I mean the Zitico taking on the uh, you know the Black Widows which very impressive first year team and they're in the finals of the tier 3 as well right right in the neck of your woods so pretty impressive uh, you know result for them in the first year um, so you know the 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 whole game uh, ESPN 3 will be on there then you'll have the links for the others and then the all-star game uh, I believe it's going to be before the final game so you guys can get tickets go to wfafootball.com you can also go to facebook at the Y bowl and you can get tickets there as well. Um, so anything that we didn't cover, you think?
5: Oh, no, I think, I think we covered the spread. Now we all get, just get to, uh, enjoy it. I mean, you guys can, can get to sit back and enjoy it. I, I, I won't be sitting still for the next few days. That's for sure.
1: Well, you got to go to work. So that's usually How to, that works. You yep. got to go to work. Absolutely. So, uh,
5: absolutely. Um,
1: I can tell you right now, um, from the conversation this week, um, uh, Oh. The elite are not going to Pittsburgh to lose, so sort of the same mindset when they went to uh, your home opener. So it's going to be great clash, just awesome clash. No,
3: Hey, Callie, I have one quick question for you. Um, with the with uh, you being on the different boards, I know we've sort of touched on this in the past, and I know it might be a repeat conversation, but is there any possibility, as this game is really growing and getting better, we're gonna be able to bridge these two leagues, you know, almost like, you know, the NFL, the AFL, is it possible that you guys could be, you know, the WFC and they could be the IFC or something like that?
5: Uh, you know, it's I I know that that so many people have tried to present solutions. Um I know that, that all of us who care about this sport want there to be a solution. I think that's what it's gonna come down to you know um is 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 you know it's so complicated when when you get into the the reasons why um things are so split and so um you know and and not merged um I think that the w f a coming out with this tier system this year was ex- was so crucial to proving how um this sport can grow and uh, and things can go well. I think the tier system is huge. It's given a lot of these teams that usually just play off season and, and, and play teams that are a little out of their zone um, a chance to still go and win a championship and grow and gain gain ground. I mean, you know, whoever comes out of these tier two and tier three championships um, are going to be able to publicize that they're champions, which uh, ultimately is going to bring more people to try out, uh, which is huge. Um, it's just a matter of those who are in charge of these leagues understanding that, um, you know, we're crippling the sport by having two leagues. It's so confusing to people, um, you know, when when people ask about, you know, oh, hey, I I saw, you know, my brother lives in New York, so people say I hear about the New York Sharks, are they in your league? And you have to go into a long conversation about why they're not in our league and explain it, that, yes, this is still women's football, but, Uh, You know, this, that, and the other. So you you can just hope that the people who are in charge of these decisions um, understand that at some point you're going to have to put the swords down and know that finding a way where, you know, everybody, everybody's never going to be happy, but everybody's at least satisfied so that we can merge these leagues. Uh, Stop having multiple teams in multiple leagues, merging those teams. It's just so confusing, and we can't grow this sport if we're continuing to confuse the consumer. Um, it's just difficult, um, and it's just hard to get people to buy in. Uh, when people talk about, you know, D.C. football, you have to explain which D.C. football you're speaking of, and then people get, you know, so, so in order for this sport, you know, what's going to happen this weekend is, is phenomenal for the sport. What's going to happen in the IWFL? this weekend is phenomenal for the sport. It just is crazy to me that if we could combine the efforts, what could grow. And, you know, those of us on, who are boots on the ground uh, are just hoping that those who are in charge of these decisions at some point can find a way uh, to do this. But, you know, these teams have to grow, um, and it's, it, I think we're all in the process of, of growing. Um, you know, we had some of the girls from Western Michigan come to one of our playoff games, and spoke to them there um, about the fact that their team is on the up and up. It just takes some investment in it. It takes some, some, some coaching investments and so forth. So you know, like I said, it's coming down to the policy and the decision makers, and we just kind of have our fingers crossed and hope that at some point, you know, they can find a means to to merge or find a system in which you know we're all kind of on the same page, uh, because that that would be important.
1: Awesome. So, uh, Callie, we're going to give out the info. TheWbowl.com for slash buy tickets. TheWbowl.com. You can get individual game tickets, ten dollars and fifteen dollars. You have the uh, All-Star game at fifteen dollars. And so, the itinerary includes uh, Division Three game uh, on Friday, Jan- July twenty-second at three thirty p.m. Then you have the Division Two game, which is the Inferno against the Slam. Friday, July 22nd at 7.30, followed by Saturday, July 23rd, the 11 a.m. All-Star Game. And then, obviously, the game you're going to be playing, the 2016 Weibel Saturday, July 23rd. And that's going to be played at Joe P. DeMichillo Stadium, located at 205 West Alany Road in Imperial, Pennsylvania. So, um, you guys can go to get the info at thewbowl.com, thewbowl.com. All right, Callie, I uh, wish you well. We hope you're going to be raising another piece of hardware uh, in your thank tenure. Thank you, I appreciate
5: that. And uh,
1: uh, shout-out to Donna. I know Donna is uh, long, you know, probably the longest-running player on the Diva roster, so here she goes for a back-to-back championship. So let's Absolutely. let's see if she can Absolutely. get it done. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks. Well, thank to,
5: you have a great, so much for
1: all you have guys Have a great night. And... Uh, we expect to see a great game on, on this coming Saturday.
5: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: All right, Kelly, thank you. Safe travels. Uh, we look forward to the game on ESPN3.
5: Absolutely. You, Enjoy. Bye, guys. Thank you.
1: All right, guys, that was Callie Bronson, uh, all-star wide receiver, all-world on the uh, U.S. national team as well. So very, very awesome player. And so, uh, Troy, um, you nail it on the head. Uh, Dallas is coming. They already know they can beat them, uh, but they don't know which team they're going to face on Saturday because this team now understands that one win away from back-to-back championships. So, you know, the the one thing is Dallas is looking for the prize, and and uh, like she said, Divas they don't want to lose that prize. Just it's just the way it is. It's just attitude.
2: Yeah, I think I think what, what's going to come down to is who makes the mistake. And when you have two really good teams, two great teams, that's what it comes down to is who makes the mistake and at what point in period of time. And so when you have two teams that are that athletic, that strong, uh, that talented, you kind of have to, you know, make sure you, as Callie alluded to, just do your job. It's still football. It's at a championship level, but it's still football. So if you can execute and, and keep your team together, I think that that bodes well for whoever makes the least amount of mistakes on, on, on the field. I'm
1: taking, for you guys, I'm taking Tier 3. We'll take the Black Widows against the Zydeco. I am taking uh, the Inferno versus the Slam. And um, as much as I l- would love to go with Dallas, uh, I think uh, at this point, I don't know. It just seems like the divas. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take DC. I know Odessa is going to just go off on me, but I, I just think they they just I, they don't. I don't think they want to, you know, not get a back to back title. And I know Dallas That's is true. coming for revenge. So, you know what I mean. Um, so I, I just think they'll get edged. It's going to be a great game. So they might get edged once again by DC, and so uh, I'm taking uh, I'm taking DC.
2: Uh, you know, earlier in the year I picked Dallas to to win the game against DC. Um, I just I don't know I just you know uh, listening to Odessa I just heard the fire, and I hadn't even seen her play a down. Uh, you know, I've seen some YouTube clips, um, but I hadn't seen her play it down. But I could just hear the fire in her voice, and I just felt that they were going to win that game. And even before speaking to Cali, I just, I don't know, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I feel something as far as, like, I, it's something in the works with D.C. I think all that they've been through, you know, taking one on the chin in that first game and then, all, you know, the rest of the year, uh, you know, the way that they played, the way that, you know, the, when they found ways to edge it out when they, they even blew out some teams. They, they won every single way that you can win. So that, to me, is the definition of battle-tested. Now, other than the, the, the game against D.C., I don't think Dallas has really, you know, had their metal tested that much. So I think D.C. is the more battle-ready team, so I think I'm going to go with D.C. Kishi, your picks?
3: Well, you can. sorry, guys, I'm having some technical difficulty, but I am going I, with... I, I, I'm going with the D C D Divas.
1: All right, so we're all in unison, and uh, so if we get a call from Odessa, <laughs> God help us, that's all I got to say. God Sorry help us. Um, <laughs> be, be, at least we're on a three-man front, so we could be shielded
2: together. I don't want any problems, though. I don't want any problems, though. No, no, no. I'm putting you two up I'm putting oh. you two up front.
1: Oh, of course you are. That's that's just a manly thing to do, to put us up front.
3: And I am very <laughs> lucky. Any, great, any great running back knows that they've got to have good blockers in front of them, because 'cause I'm going to be running. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a great game. I mean it's gonna be a great game. You got uh Grisby taking on Bobo, you got um uh, Hamlin taking on Gerhardt. Uh, I mean, just uh, Wizenhunt uh, uh, taking on, you know, uh, Bridson. I mean, they're just a great game. It's going to be great. Um, so the other game that uh, in the IWFL, uh, Troy, uh, you've said it a long time, Utah steamrolling over everybody. Callie kind of mentioned it. We spoke to Minnesota personally. Laura Brown says we're going to be ready. Um, so I'm taking um, – I. I don't want to take, I don't want to sound like predating Utah, but I don't think they've been as battle tested as Minnesota. So I'm going to go on a limb and forgive me, Louise Dean and, uh, 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 Kendra Cox. But, uh, I just think this is the Vixen year. It's like they, they, they've been playing really good football. So unless they get away from their, their, you know, their format, um, Utah will run away with it. So, um, God, it's so hard to pick on this one. Um, I'm going to take Utah by one touchdown. I don't know. One touchdown, I think, it's going to be the the deciding factor.
3: I'm going with the Vixen, and I'll tell you why. I think that, like you said, those ladies are battle-tested, and I think that they are trying to go for, you know, the perfect sweep. Now, how cool would that be if last year the Divas won the WFA with a perfect sweep? And then this year, the vixen win the i w f a with i w f l with a perfect sweep,
1: yeah, it's a battle two hundred feet anyway, so that's why I'm saying it's like last year they go to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh really wasn't tested as much as them, and they weren't tested and then all of a sudden it's the 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 team with a little bit more of a hard road that comes and edges them out so i you know you the Falcons. If they lose two in a row, Troy, that's just emotionally
2: devastating. Yeah, um, I I, I tend to – I'm riding the fence on this one. I kind of – watching Utah – well, looking at how Utah has basically run roughshod over whoever they played against, I don't see them coming into this game changing anything. I just think that they're going to play their game. They're, you know, they they, they run up the score. I mean, they put the ball in the end zone, and and they don't let teams score either. So they had a pretty decent test last week for uh, their last game. I, I tend to think I think Utah is going to take it. I think Utah is going to win, and I think they're going to win by two touchdowns.
1: So you're with me, Utah and. Um and Kishi's taking Minnesota. So it's going to be a great weekend taking, of football. The links Minnesota, are up on our Facebook page. I'm
3: only taking Minnesota yeah, by
1: yeah. one touch. Yeah, no, no, I agreed. I mean, it's going to be a great game. That's why I'm saying. It's like it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be lopsided at all. I mean, there's just too much too, too – two good teams going at it. Um, our WFL links are on our Facebook page. You can scroll down on the timeline and get it there. Previews are there as well as all the uh, – Feedback and everything else for the Weibull Championship. You can get tickets there at com. And so, uh, guys, the hour has gone by already. It's pretty fast. Um, so let's just finish up here because we got a bunch of stuff going on here. Um, the other thing we had to mention was, I think we mentioned it all pretty much, right? We, the canceled game uh, this weekend for uh, Legends was Liberty against Steam. They canceled that out Um what else? Did we, did we forget anything? Oh, yes, I did forget. Um, congratulations to Min Min Zhao of the uh, Ouroboro Brack Knights for being the MVP for their undefeated season and winning the, uh, the championship in Sweden, uh, winning the MVP honors as well. So uh, get the lowdown on the Swedish season on our timeline, plus uh, the Finland Maple Series results will be this weekend. The Helsinki Roosters are undefeated through week seven. And the Turku Trojans are five and one, so one and two right there. Uh, and the Trojans feature former WFA Indy Crash running back standout Leah Casas, and she's been awesome all season. So uh, check out our timeline for the viewing games and updates. And so uh, if you missed any of the games this weekend, as well as the Italian, uh, the Italian match, the uh, friendly match, it's also on our, basically on our timeline. So um, Troy and Kishi, anything else?
2: Yeah, just to give a just wanted to give a shout-out to Callie Brunson and, and Coach Tuohy for, for helping us preview the championships this weekend and uh, recapping the Week 13 LFL. You can also go to our Facebook page for the links to all the action from Charlotte and Pittsburgh with the championship games this weekend. It's going to be action-packed. I can't wait to get a hold of it. Neil, we will catch you next time. We we missed you this time, buddy. Always insightful, so we definitely want to catch up with you next week. So make sure we can get you on the line, buddy. Absolutely, because I
3: definitely yeah. want to see Neil's feedback, especially after uh, this matchup and, and 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 you know his firsthand perspective on what he sees. So, um, no, n- another great weekend. So thanks, everybody.
1: And don't forget everybody to subscribe and follow us here on Block Talk Radio. You can click on the follow button and don't miss a show. You can also follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, for the latest news. And we want to thank everybody for making us number one on Twitter. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Number one a women's gridiron sports site and so on Twitter sports site. So uh, awesome job. Thank you everybody for helping us out. Shout out to all our network partners that help us bring you the news. Yeah. We appreciate the efforts. So for Nkishi Free, Troy Wilson, Oscar Lopez, getting ready for the WFA and IWFL championships, have a great weekend, everybody.
3: Good night.